Opal's Comet, a new production by Mr. Wilsons, written by Sonia Moorhead, with music from the Greyhounds. Episode 2, Night Sings to Winter. Wrapped in furs and aided by his long staff, the Winter Prince ascended this causeway. His huge body hauled a train of sledges full of snowflakes and icicles up to the sky. Finally, he reached a barren and unfamiliar landscape. He could go no further. At the top of the world, there was no one to greet him. He was more alone than ever. Waiting in the darkness and muttering to himself, the prince began to arrange and build a shelter from the ice and snow he carried with him. He laboured over many nights and the shelter grew into a palace, floating in the sky over the sea. He wrote the queen one final letter and sent it to her on the wings of a blizzard. The queen did not reply. Instead, she came to meet the Winter Prince. Those winter nights grew longer and darker as they huddled together in the palace over the sea. Why did you never reply to my letters? asked the Winter Prince. She replied, I am the Queen of the Night. I have no light to write by. Now that we are together, you shall be my king, the king of the day. We will take better care of the world and its people, carry the heavy with the light and dance in every dawn and dusk for eternity. I am a queen. I will only talk to my king in person. The winter loved the night and her quiet darkness. But they both knew that spring and the Harbinger Fair would soon roll around again. The Summer Prince would return, fully expecting to be welcomed and to once again take control of his unearned privileges. The Winter Prince paced along the long promontory at the mouth of the estuary awaiting the Summer Prince's arrival. Every year, the Summer Prince took off with the sunshine and wiled away the winter months in the mountains. When he was ready to return, he sailed downriver on his golden barge to meet his brother once again for the Harbinger Fair. Sunlight spilled out of the ship like gold leaf on the breeze and the world would be transformed. The Winter Prince would then charter his own ship and sail away, leaving his brother in charge. He retreated to the far North Seas, where he in turn spent the summer months cooling the ocean. This year, the Winter Prince had news for his brother. During his absence, a wedding and a coronation had taken place. Winter had united in love with the Queen of the Night and she, in turn, had crowned him King of the Day. 
There would be no harbinger fair, no transition of power, because all year round the new king and queen would reign from their shining palace over the sea. They alone would control the seasons. This arrangement was better for everyone, especially the people of the world who had suffered in previous years. Too often the summer prince had overspent the earth and left the world hungry in winter. Change was inevitable and necessary. But the winter prince sought the summer prince's blessing. Though the sunshine may have felt like his possession, by the laws of the universe it was not owned, just governed. Perhaps this new order, this sanctioning of the summer prince, would in fact relieve him of responsibility, setting him free to pursue pleasure without consequence. Surely it was for the best. A glimmer of the golden barge finally came into view and the Winter Prince watched until he could clearly see the features of the boat's ominous figurehead, a screaming woman dressed as a comet, with a crown of stars heralding the arrival of summer. The barge coursed at great speed towards the mouth of the estuary where the Winter Prince stood waiting. The Summer Prince shouted, Ahoy! So loudly that both the land and the sea shuddered. The Queen sat in the window of her chambers waiting. She didn't need to see him to know that the Summer Prince had definitely returned. The sky was luminous and the palace looked washed clean by sunshine. But what was taking so long? She looked again at the clock. It was now late afternoon. The king had left her that morning. What could they possibly be discussing? She wished now that she had insisted on breaking the happy news herself. Finally, the door opened and through it lumbered the king of the day. She said nothing as he removed his fur cloak and boots and made his way over to join her in the window. They both stared out over the sea. He sends his congratulations to you, sighed the king. The queen turned and scrutinised her husband's tired face. It was all very straightforward in the end. He said he would join us in the new palace for the summer and abdicate responsibilities and his days to us on one condition. He keeps the sunshine. Light and warmth will follow wherever he goes. This way, he will always be dazzling and celebrated and the people of the world will overlook his recklessness. The Queen threw her arms around the King. Let him keep the sunshine. It's a small concession for peace. I made you King of all the days because you are my equal and you will take much better care of the world. 
So long as he is in the palace, Sunshine will always be close by and we can still make use of it. Besides, we do our best work in the cold and dark. The king of the day held on to the body of his wife for a long time. He tried to quieten his mind with the sound of her breath. But squeaks of uncertainty crept in around the corners. If you enjoyed this episode, why not subscribe to our podcast channel? Opal's Comet is touring the inland waterways of England as a waterborne artwork using live performance and music to explore grief. It's free to the public, so check out our website for show details and join us. You can also support Mr Wilson's to create more content like this by donating via Patreon. We continue to champion live music and bring original performances to public spaces. Thank you.